Welcome back, my fellow creatives, to another little special part of this 12 days of Christmas on Story Cuppings. Well, I should say 12 days of middle grade reading recommendations, thanks to Blondie and our little series of Blondie's books. And I forgot to turn off the notifications on my phone. Hold on. Do, 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 do. Segue music. Do, 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 do. Hold on, child. I know my daughter wants to say hi. Here. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So we have here something that is not related to dragons. Wouldn't, no, would that actually for the first time. For the no. first time. For the first time in forever. Okay. So this particular story, I, I want to say the series, you started before the other two, correct? Actually, yes. Okay. So what is the story we are going to be taking a sip from today? The Guardians of Gahul, book one, the capture. The capture. Now, why? What What got you into this particular series? Who would want to read a book about warrior owls? She poses a valid question. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to read? A book about warrior owls. I I gotta admit, I I don't know. I I can't I can't I can't answer that. I, I don't know who. Would Actually, be. first I saw the movie, then I read the book. But believe me, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the movie kind of smushes a bunch of stories together, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like I've trained your dragon and stuff. So. Yeah. Okay, so we are gonna look at book one, chapter one. And are you ready? Yes. All right. Chapter one. A nest remembered. Noctus, could you spare a bit more down, darling? I think our third little one is about to arrive. That egg is beginning to crack. Not again, sighed Clud. What do you mean, Clud? Not again? You don't want to have another little brother? His father said. There's an edge to his voice. Oh, sister. His mother sighed the low, soft whistle barn owls sometimes used. I'd like a sister. Soren peeped up. You just hatched out two weeks ago. Clud turned to Soren, his young, his younger brother. What do you, what do you know about sisters? Maybe, Soren thought to himself, they would be better than brothers. Clud seemed to have resented him since the more, since the moment he first hatched. You really wouldn't want them arriving just when you're about to begin branching, Clud said dully. Branching was the first step, literally, toward flight. The young owlets would begin by hopping from branch to branch and flapping their wings. No, now, Clud, his father admonished. Don't you be impatient. There'll be time for branching. Remember, you won't have your flight feathers for at least another month or more. Soren was just about to ask what a month was when he heard a crack. The owl family seemed to f all seemed to freeze. To any other forest creature, the sound would have been imperceptible. But barn owls were blessed with extraordinary hearing. It's coming! Soren's mother gasped. I'm so excited. She sighed and looked rapturously at the pure white egg as it whirled back and forth. A tiny hole appeared from, from it produced a small spur. It's an egg tooth by Glocks! Fa Soren's father exclaimed. Mine was bigger, wasn't it, Da? Claude shoved Soren aside for a better look. But Soren crept up 
crept back up under his father's wing. Oh, I don't know, son, but ain't, but isn't it a pretty glistening little point? Always gives me a thrill. Such a tiny little thing pecking its way into the big wide world. Ah, bless my gizzard, the, the wonder of it all. It didn't, it didn't seem, did indeed seem a wonder. Soren stared at the hole that now began to split into two or three cracks. The egg shouted slightly, and the cracks grew longer and wider. He had done this himself just two weeks ago. This was exciting. What happened to my egg tooth, Mom? Dropped off, stupid, Flood said. Oh, Soren said quietly. His parents were so absorbed in the hatching that they didn't reprimand Clud for his rudeness. Where's Mrs. P? Mrs. P? His mother said urgently. Right here, ma'am. Mrs. Poliver. 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 The old blind snake who had been with the owl family for years and years slithered into the hollow. Blind snakes, born without eyes, served as nest maids and were kept by many owls to make sure the nests were clean and free of maggots and various insects that found their way into the hollows. Mrs. P, no maggots or vermin in that corner where Noctis puts fresh down. Of course not, ma'am. Now, how many broods of owlets have I been through with you? Oh, sorry, Mrs. P. How could I ever have doubted you? I'm always nervous at the hatching. Each one is just like the first time. I never get used to it. Don't you apologize, ma'am. Do you think any other birds would care for two wits if their nests were clean? Story I've heard about seagulls. Oh my goodness, well, I wouldn't even go into it. Blind snakes prided themselves for working for owls, whom they considered the noblest of birds. Meticulous, the blind snakes. Meticulous. Meticulous, the blind snakes had great disdain for other birds that that they felt were less clean due to their unfortunate di- digestive process that caused them to eliminate only sloppy wet droppings and some nice clean bundles. The pelts that owls yarped or spit up. Though owls did digest the soft parts of their food in a manner similar to other birds, and indeed passed it in a liquid form, for some reason they were never associated with these lesser digestive processes. All the fur and bones and tiny teeth of their prey, like mice, that could not be digested in the ordinary way, were pressed into little pellets just the shape and size of the owl's gizzard. Several hours after eating, the owls would yarp them up. Wet poopers is how many nest-made snakes referred to other birds. Of course, Mrs. Plithover was much too proper to use such coarse language. Hold on. Hold on! Okay. Did we just get a whole paragraph dedicated to bird poop? Yes! That's the glorious of that's the glory of this book. <laughs> are there are there a lot of paragraphs about bird poop? Not really, actually. Okay. Um, well, I guess I'm just, I'm kind of curious why we have so much about bird poop in this first chapter. Why do you think there's so much about bird poop, Blondie, in, in, in this chapter? To let others that know, don't know about owls, let them know what they do. I don't know. You know what, though? That's actually a fair point. Because, I mean, I've seen this. The, the because if people won't just, um, like, research everything about owls right before they read this book. 
Well, no, no, no. I, I get that. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking, because of my initial reaction, if that wasn't evident by my tone of voice, was why on earth are we getting so much information about bird poop in this first chapter? I am not amused. Catherine last things like that, you know. <laughs> okay. No, but I think what Blondie brought up here was actually a pretty good point. Bird, especially knowing the mo- where the movies went. So at least I know something about the story. Because I have not read this series. So all I know has to do with what I've gleaned from the movie. And the pellets play a role later in the story, correct? Oh, yes. So they're basically letting you know what happened, so it leads up to that. So, yeah, it, it, that's exactly right. Uh, what's her last name? Lasky. Lasky. What Lasky's doing here, as goofy as it is to have a paragraph about bird poop, uh-huh. <laughs> at the same time, she is establishing a very important piece of world building that is directly relevant to later events in the series. So while I initially am like, about a paragraph with bird poop, at the same time, now because I have this perspective through knowing the film, I can see why she did that. It just, it sounds very silly. So to a brand new reader, it's like, oh, bird poop, tee hee hee, funny bird poop. Yeah. But at the same time, Lasky is letting us better understand how owls function because it is important to understand owls are not quite yeah. like other birds. Because, like, um, there's a whole series on them, so you might need to know a little bit about them at least. <laughs> at least. And it just, this, this little, you know, pellet of information, as it were, uh, becomes very important later on as goofy as it is. And so Lasky wrapping it up in this goofy wet pooper context is actually a fun little sleight of hand. I can't associate that with going to the bathroom. This is getting really weird with my mixed metaphors. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, let's get back to the story. This is getting weird. Okay. Mom! Soren gasped. Look at that! The nest suddenly seemed to reverberate. With such a huge cracking sound. Again, only huge to the ear slits of barn owls. Now the eggs split. A pale, slimy blob flopped out. It's a girl! A long shree call streamed from his mother's throat. It was the shree of pure happiness. Adorable! Soren's mother sighed. Enchanting! said Soren's father. Clud yawned, and Soren stared dumbfounded at the wet, naked thing with, the, with its huge, balding bulging eyes sealed tightly shut. What's wrong with her head, Mom? Soren asked. Nothing, dear. Cheeks just have very large heads. It takes a while for their bodies to catch up. Not to mention their brains, Clud muttered. muttered. So they can't hold up their heads right away, said said his father. You were the same way. What shall we call this little dear? Soren's mother asked. Eglantine. <clears throat> Soren's mother replied immediately. I've always wanted a little Eglantine. Ooh, Mom, I love that name, Soren said. He softly repeated the name. Then he tipped toward the little pulsing mass of white. Eglantine, he whispered softly. And he thought he saw one little sealed eye open, just a slit, and a tiny voice seemed to say hi. Soren loved his little sister immediately. One second, Eglantine had been this quivering little wet blob. And then, minutes later, 
It seemed like if she had turned into a fluffy white ball of down. She grew stronger quickly, or so it appeared to Sorn. His parents assumed that he, too, had done exactly the same. That evening, it was time for her first insect ceremony. Her eyes were fully opened, and she was bawling with hunger. Eglantine could hardly make it through her father's welcome to Taito speech. Little Eglantine, welcome to the forest of Taito, forest of the Barnet, barn owls, or Taito Alba, as we are more formally known. Once upon a time, long, long ago, we did indeed live in barns, but now we and other Taito cousins live in this forest kingdom known as Taito. We are rare indeed, and we are perhaps the smallest of all our kingdoms. Although, in truth, it has been a long time since we have had a king. Some day, when you grow up, when you enter your second year, you too will fly out from this hollow and find one of your own in which to live with a mate. This was the part of the speech that amazed and disturbed Soren. He could simply not imagine growing up and having a nest of his own. How could he be separated from his parents? And yet there was this urge to fly even now with his stubby little wings that lacked even the smallest sign of true flight feathers. And now, Zorin's father continued, it is time for your first insect ceremony. He turned to Zorin's mother. Morella, my dear, can you bring forth the cricket? Zorin's mother stepped up. In her beak, she held one of the summer's last crickets. Eat up, youngin. Head first. Yes, down the beak. Yes, always head first. That's what, that's the proper way, be it cricket, mouse, or bow. Hmm sighed Soren's father as he watched his da daughter swallow the cricket. Dizzy in the gizzy, ain't it so? Clud blinked and yawned. Sometimes his parents really embarrassed him, especially his da with his stupid jokes. Wit of the wood, muttered Clud. Alright, let's just pause for a second here. Um, then we can go a little bit further. Uh, but we're getting quite the family dynamic here. Um... We have the eldest who has no patience for anybody. <laughs> that would be Clud. The middle one's Soren. Yeah, kiddo, we're not going to go through the whole chapter. Okay. The middle one's Soren um, seems just a little more. I don't know. How would you describe Soren? A lot kinder, less annoyed about everything. Yeah, Clud does seem to be annoyed with everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have what I do like with last, because this is another, again, because I'd seen the film and comparing it to how the book starts. The film of Guardians of Cahool already has Eglantine born. She's already present and a part of the family. And the Clud and Soren are just learning to branch. Um, that's where the movie starts. And so at first, as Blondie is reading this, I was a little thrown off with how we are starting with Eglantine's hatching. But at the same time, I can see why Lasky does this. Because, again, we're doing, we got to do some world building and understand how owls function. Because how they function plays a very pivotal role in this universe. We can't just assume our readers understand how owls grow let alone how they're born and they we gotta know how they eat and how they interact in order to fully appreciate what we're getting into when we get into the fantastical stuff you gotta know how they function so when you get to the exciting parts you get completely thrown off because that's not how they function good point 
because i mean this is a fantasy series and as we were hearing from the father there are owl kingdoms kingdoms yes which is like oh really that's cool it's not just owls growing up in a wood yep there's maps of the kingdoms i see that but that's the thing we have to establish what is normal I mean, that's the rule for for any given genre. You have to be clear what the normal is for these characters. So when what is not normal enters their lives, we see that as readers as well as the characters being able to see it in the story. If we don't establish what is normal as writers, I, I, let me rephrase that. If we as writers do not establish what is normal, how on earth are our readers supposed to know the difference? They're not. So we have to be clear what is considered normal. And in this situation, using a hatching and that feeding process and knowing the digestive process helps us understand what is considered normal for these owls. So that when the time comes for the owls to be uh, interacting with these other kingdoms and to experience all that awaits them, we realize just how not normal that all is. Okay, so we got time for just a little bit more, kiddo. That dawn, after the owls had settled down, Zorn was still so excited by his little sister's arrival that he could not sleep. His parents had retired to the ledge above him where they slept, but he could hear their voices threading through the dim morning light that filtered into the hollow. Oh, Noctis, this is, this is very strange. Another owl had disappeared? Yes, dear, I'm afraid so. How many is that now in the last few days? Fifteen missing, I believe. That is many more that can be accounted for by the raccoons. Yes, not this replied grimly. And there's something else. What? His wife replied in a lower, wavering hoot. Eggs. Eggs? Eggs have disappeared. Eggs from a nest? Yes, I'm afraid so. No! Morella Alba gasped. I've never heard of such a thing. It's unspeakable. I thought I must tell you in case we are blessed with another brood. Oh, great locks, his mother gasped. Soren's eyes blinked wide. He had never heard his mother swear before. But we are so seldom to leave the nest during brooding times. Whoever it is must, must watch us, she paused. Watch us constantly. Whoever it is can fly or climb, Noctis Alba said darkly. Soren felt a sense of dread seep into the hollow. How thankful he was that Eglantina had not been snatched while just an egg. He vowed he would never leave her alone. Okay, we gotta pause here because we are just about out of time. But that conversation dropped quite a bit into our laps, wouldn't you say, kiddo? Oh, yeah. Um, because now through Soren hearing his parents talk, we're learning that kids and, you know, in a sense, babies, the eggs, are being taken. And yes, raccoons and other predators would do that sort of thing. But even as these parents point out, the amount vanishing just can't be explained away by typical forest predators. So the abnormal, the not normal, is starting to creep into our story world now. And 
through this little conversation, we are getting a start to a new conflict. Because already there's conflict between Clud and Soren. And I'm not saying that, you know, with any knowledge of the series. I mean, you could just feel it in those first couple of pages. Brothers being doofs. Yeah, brothers. What? What is this about? Do you have experience with brothers, Blondie? More than I need. <laughs> okay. So... So yes, we we already have a little bit of familial conflict because Claude has no patience for his family, really. And then we have uh, this encroaching conflict of disappearing children. What's up? Also, something else I've noticed about Claude seems like he's like fighting for his parents' attention, and he's very impatient a lot. Well, that's true. That's a good point too. Which is not something that Soren does. Soren doesn't really fight for his family's attention. No, he doesn't care. Yeah. That much. So, that's another little interesting point. When one wants attention, he's going to try and get it wherever he can. And if one keeps reading this series, you realize where he ends up getting it. Do you recommend the series? Definitely. Now, what... Because I know, oh man, we are out of time. Okay, so what would you like to talk about next time here? Can you give us a hint? Hmm. Well, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it takes place somewhere that starts with an N. Okay. We'll just have to find out, I guess. But... I don't know how else to say it. Stop spoiling the entire thing. Okay. But thank you very much for sharing the this wonderful series on the owls. I know she's also started a series on wolves, didn't she? Weren't there wasn't there a wolf kingdom series? Um, I think too? it was Wolves of the Beyond. Yeah. We'll have to hunt that down. So I hope if you have a bird lover in your amongst your young readers, I hope you give them this series to try and escape with warrior owls into the owl kingdoms. Until next time, read on, share on, and write on, my friends. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Cheers. Let's, there we go. All right.